What's up, everybody? You are watching On the Town with Tanya, and I am your host. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming back again this week. We appreciate you. Uh, so tonight's guest uh, is a former foster, uh, but he's he's more known as a professional speaker, author, foster care and adoption advocate. He's a recording artist, columnist, and the host of Bathroom Moments on 360 TV. And he shares his story of 21 mothers and how to tell your story via his coaching. Uh, please welcome the lovely Michael, uh, uh, Lauren Michaels Harris. Hey. Lovely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's the first. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Look, lovely. Look, I'll, you, you call dog on Skippy? I will. I'm almost 60. I've never woken. And there's been a lot of people at my door waiting to say great things like you just did. So, of Aww. course, I take it. Nice to be here, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate you. Um, how are you doing, first off? Awesome. Blessed. Highly favored. All okay. those things. And a bag okay. of chips. Okay. That's awesome. So, um, so I watched your um, Comcast, and uh, it was actually quite powerful. Girl, I, wait. I, yeah. I am not a cable company, y'all. You said <laughs> my Comcast. I said Comcast. Wait. Comcast. Uh, Go, ooh, gold cast. Oh, shame on me. Shame on me. Okay, so I apologize. Girl. I know. Thank you for the correction, though. I, I know. That's okay. Look, you know I'm going to help. Bell. Ding that bell for correction. Thank you. No, just, you know, just breathe into it. I don't know what you'd be thinking, y'all. I'm just like the rest of everybody else. We all the same here. We one big happy family. Yeah. So, you know, anything that's going to try to get in the way um, of the message tonight, you know, we're just going to... Uh, some people say rebuke something. I say we can banish it. Whatever it is, we send it away from here because you know what? Those things have been getting in our way since the very first day we were here. So we've made it this far. We'll make it through this hour. So Excellent. is everybody good with that? Are you good with that, Tanya? Oh, yes, actually, yes. Okay, so let's just keep it going. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if things stumble and don't seem to be just perfect, that's life. Yes. Let's get the story out there because we're foster alumni. We know how to pivot. That's where we were going to go with this. Yeah. So so I know you um, do all these great things now. And you're, you're a speaker, a uh, life coach. Oh, well, speaking coach, correct? Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like I work with people just like you, just like you. Um, people who are navigating. Well, okay. Not people who are trying to start a new business. And that's, right. I'm not that kind of coach. Right. I work with people who are already inside of their divine purpose, okay. navigating it. They're aware of it. They're using their gifts, okay. um, but they are ready to take that to that ascension to another level. Okay. And so I have a specific gift that I work with people who are specifically ready for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So you, um, how did you, how did you find your gift is really the truth because um, like you said, we're both foster alum. I'd want to know more about, um, you know, your experience in foster care and how that uh, translated into your story that became your power, actually. Yeah, you're right, because that's the very first time I told that story. And it was actually 22 mothers. Um, that's the Goldcast video, which has, uh, um, and as of January, uh, well, just let's say a lot, thousands, of, millions, millions of views. Yes. And um it was the first time I that came from the night I got up and told the told that story, um, mm -hmm. said it out loud for the first time. And it, it gave me back my power instantly um, because I had been living like it was shame or, you know, some tarp of shame. And that's what that night, that story, Goldcast found it mm -hmm. and, and look at what it's doing. So I guess what I can say is how I found it was I found it by instead of covering up all my scars and buttoning them up and mm -hmm. you know I, it was like i was walking through life might as well have been a beekeeping suit you know right. a beekeeper suit. i mean everything is covered i i i didn't want anything to be seen i was ashamed of everything that was me mm. but you know but i learned through that experience that you know once i took that suit off and i honored my scars mm. i started seeing that they had a story with them right behind it there was mm. a, a, you know, it had a voice mm. um, and it was the story that the scar represents. See, scars represent something, a story. They tell the story. They're the mouth. Right. So I found my voice piece. Mm. Wow. Tell me about, um, I know you, you have a belief uh, that we're all a part of the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Well, the ripple effect is just like, you know, the ripple effect. You throw a pebble in water. 
you see the circles go out. Mm -hmm. um, but what people, a lot of people think they understand that theory. Mm -hmm. The ripple mm -hmm. effect. Okay, if I do something, it's going to affect other people. Right. But that's true. But somehow people seem to picture the ripple going mm -hmm. directly at something they pointed it towards. And mm -hmm. that's true because, you know, when you throw a, a, a pebble in, it lands where you throw it. But mm -hmm. the ripples go out in a circle around it. So it's not just, there's no way to see that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Our eyes can't focus on all the entire circle as it grows, the ripple. So we're looking at the part of the ripple mm -hmm. that is in front of our eye line, our sight line. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking this way, I see the ripple moves that way. If I turn this way, I can see that part of the ripple that goes that way. Mm -hmm. Or if I turn this way, I can see that part of the ripple. That, but none of us can see the whole circle of the ripple at one time. Our right. eyes don't allow it. Mm. And neither, there's no way. So mm. the thing is, you, you things that you do, everything we do is going in a direction around mm. us. And mm. so you want to, you want to create the kind of a ripple through your, your purpose, your walk in this world mm. that blesses whatever it touches. Mm. If you don't, then you're, you're subscribing to what I refer to as human sacrifice. Because mm. if you're just doing things that aren't to to help people they're not to service people it's hurting people it's discouraging people whatever it is that's not part of a positive uh element right you're doing it without caring what it is doing to others and to me that's human sacrifice mm. you don't care how it makes people end up right so the ripple effect is what makes you say that everything that comes out for me must be something that is an anointed experience. Mm. Okay. And well, um, and so, well, how did you, you know, because we all have our moments and it takes a while for us to process all the stuff that has happened to us to turn it into something good. How did you, um, how did you come up with all of this that, that, you know, was it just through life experience and going through, through it all and then looking back or did you have someone to mentor to you? How did you uh, come to helping other people find their, their gift? You, well, first of all, you can't, I'm writing it down because I don't want to get it wrong mm -hmm. and turn it into this. When you said, how did you turn it into this? Mm -hmm. I didn't turn anything into anything. Mm. The thing was, listen, now, especially us foster uh, alumni, we've gone through some stuff, all of us. Mm -hmm. We don't have to talk about, we don't have to describe it. Mm -hmm. Just because we're under that, we're in that, that's a family birthright. Let's put it that way that knowingness. We shouldn't have to describe all the gory details. And that's why I'm glad the Goldcast video got it out of my system uh, because I don't have to lead with that. Woo, what happened to me? Because I bless all those things now, mm. Tanya. I bless every one of those things that I experienced, every one of them. Mm. Why? Because one reason is they led me to you. Right. So I bless them because they led me to you. If right. that ain't enough, then what is? Right. You see right. What I'm saying? Absolutely. So what I mean is all the rubble that is trauma, mm -hmm. if you, when you realize how powerful you are to have made it to where you are right now, mm -hmm. then you, you really have what it takes to go back to those places that we ran out of because mm -hmm. we thought we, you know, I want to get out of here just as quickly as possible. Yeah. Now you come back a different person, lift that door up where trauma kicked it in, mm -hmm. lift that door up and underneath there, you're going to see, you know, a gift, a mm -hmm. blessing a birthright mm -hmm. that has your name on it, that came at the same time at the trauma. It was delivered at the same time. The mm -hmm. FedEx truck came at the same time. The other truck with the crap came, but mm -hmm. the door fell on top of it. But what is greater than knew you come back stronger, or able to lift that door now. You right. might not have even been able to lift that door when you ran out of there. But mm -hmm. when you come back, you ready to lift that door and pick your blessing up. It's been mm -hmm. waiting for you all along. And that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the moral of the story. Right. I couldn't have known back then when it happened that it was right. going to help shape me into this person I need to be now. So you bless everything. Mm. And that's what purpose does. Mm. Now, so when you're when you're um, working with some someone for motivational speaking, uh, what do you do? Do you have do you look for their their talents and gifts and bring them out, or do you look for a specific, you know? Um, is there specific targets you look for that, that you can help mold into better, um, that equates better to when they're speaking? I'd love to know how you, how you, um, how you're able to shape, uh, people into, put people into shape actually. Well, I, yeah. Let me just put it like this. People come 
you know, like when you say that's the thing about titles, oh, I'm this kind of coach or I'm that kind of coach. You know, I just say I'm a message discovery coach mm-hmm. because I don't help. Some people come think they used to come to me thinking they wanted to be a motivational speaker. And they mm-hmm. found out they were a great television host. They mm-hmm. found out they were a great author. They mm-hmm. found out they were a great MC. They found out that they were meant to build a great nonprofit. They found out that they were about social change mm-hmm. and um, are going more into the political field. Mm-hmm. It is not about, see, as long as you are dedicated to getting your message wherever it needs to be, mm-hmm. you are able to change and morph uh, from one thing that you thought it was always going to be into the thing that you now see. Mm-hmm. Huh. I never would have seen that coming, but I like it. And you step right into it Um, because I believe purpose gets us started. But, you know, we have to be willing to evolve into things we could have never imagined back when we first started because the world changes. Yes. Um, we surprise ourselves. Others bring things that surprise us. And when you're doing it right you know, things can move pretty quickly in your life. So what I'd like to work with people in, in is just understanding you don't have to, you don't have to find your, your purpose. Mm-hmm. You just have to discover where you left it. Mm, wow. Discover where you left it. That's, that's deep. Um, wow. Um, wow. That's amazing. Um, so, so do you find, do you get a lot of former foster youth or, uh, or do you work mostly with corporate of all types of clients? I work with people. Okay. That's I work I- with people, you know, but it's like this, it's like foster when foster stories find their way into my world, it's like, it feels like a family member, like a, a, a you found a new, um, a distant cousin or something. Um, it's like some form of a family reunion. Mm. It's a, it's a fraternity. It's a sorority. It's a, a kindred mm. a kinship. You know what I'm saying? It just is. Right. And I'm grateful for it. Do you remember when you used to be ashamed? Yes. You would move someplace. You want people, kids at the public school to know you yeah. were um, a foster kid and you mm. know, all that stuff. But today, yes, it's a banner. Yes. You know, just like if you were a veteran. Mm. Yes. Well, we step into it at some point. uh, If we, well, that's if we get the healing. Cause that, I think, I think that piece uh, of the therapy and finding out, you know, what worked and what didn't uh, and compartmentalizing all those various things that happened, the trauma is very important to getting to the next step, you know? Um, Cause a lot of people I've seen, they, they're doing maybe great things in their career, but they still are stuck in some areas because they didn't get the, 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 the therapy piece. I believe that's very, even if it's not therapy, some form of getting it all out. Well, you said it right. When you first opened them, open your mouth, you said healing, <laughs> healing. Yes. and it is healing. And, but the thing about it is healing is the one thing that should never end. Right. Exactly. Healing should never end. And that means even if I heal completely, I really haven't because I can heal more every time I show someone else how to heal. Right. So give the healing away. And every time you do, you heal even beyond. You know, why do you think people put on blemish creams and stuff? Yeah, the burn healed, the skin healed, but I want that color discoloration to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on how will how much you're willing to buff. You see a watermark on that table you paid good money for. You can either put a coaster on top of it, or you can start, you can put some pledge every now and then, or you can go get that good good oil, that English stuff, and start getting it to get down in it. Right. Bring it back to its original luster. It depends on what you're willing to live with. Have you? It's all about how committed one person is or the next right. to doing your best. Mm. The four agreements. Always do your best. So if your best is putting a coaster on it, that's good enough. You might not be able to move. You might have an ailment or some mm-hmm. infirmity or something. But if your best is that, that's good enough. But if it's not your best, then it isn't. Mm. Period. Wow. Wow. Mm. That's have how been... you get to where you were designed to be. Mm. Yes. And that I do think everybody has a divine purpose. Everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Who's here by accident? Nobody. Nobody. I agree with that. 
I definitely agree. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's kind of what I try to help foster you find as well. What is your purpose? Uh, cause once you find that and you know, there is one, it kind of changes everything, shifts everything instantly. To, Sometimes to, you have to know it before you have proof. Mm. That's why there's faith. You have to know it. And if you, and the thing is, that's why we can't look at other people. Like when we were those kids and say, Oh, I wish I had that house. Or I wish I had a dad like that because a lot of them had stuff going on worse than we had because they didn't expect the monster to be in the house with them and no one know. We got to learn to expect it if it showed up. So we were, who was better off actually? <laughs> right. We were. Yeah. You see Absolutely. what I'm saying? Some of them couldn't get away. Yes. That's a fact. I was right. talking to someone the other day about that. I said, we were talking about um, people being able to sense when people are bad or good. And uh, I, me and my friend agreed that foster youth are the best at instinct. And oh, so yeah. it's, a, it's a curse blessing, especially when we've moved so much or, or have yeah. moved so much, because we really do um, know five seconds we can read somebody. Just read them like, oh, no, I don't trust this person. Or yeah. And that's it really serves you if you know how to use it. Yeah, well, yeah, and using it is trusting it. Yeah. Your first mind actually is created to what you believe to be greater than you. Mm. It's that other category that we're warned about. If you don't follow your first mind, you're going to go to the second thing. And mm. that's why that's called second guessing. <laughs> and you cannot guess yourself into legacy. No. You cannot guess yourself through purpose. Mm. You cannot guess yourself into history. Mm. You can't. You have to choose. You must be purposeful. Everything you mean becomes meaningful. Wow. Period. Wow. Um, so so um, tell us about the uh, Power of We Symposium that's coming mm. up in April, right? Yes, April 28th. Mm. Tell us about that. Power of We Symposium. Wow. Mm. Power of We Symposium. Yes. Was a gift that just... I just, you know, it helped solidify in my spirit the truth behind that that promise that says, come as you are. Mm -hmm. um, because I was coming off of my very first event in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, and I had been speaking for a couple of years and was doing well with that. And it was time for bigger stages. Mm -hmm. And um, I partnered with some marketers and it was not integrally uh woven together let's say and i didn't know that because you know i'm kind of the one who can't it was in their backyard in las vegas and i came in from chicago anyway got through it my people got in i was able to deliver the value that i had promised through my program uh with you know which is when people work with me they do the work i i provide the stages for them to get that work in front of the world mm -hmm. and so i protected them there and got out but it was such a horrible experience mm -hmm. we were on the plane leaving and i said um I'm going under this headphone. I said to my husband, Brian, I said, he's like, why? I said, because I'm about to go have a conversation with God. I just, I need him to remove this horrible taste. I need some spiritual Listerine. Mm. The taste mm. of what just happened in Las Vegas, I want him removed mm. from my spirit. I don't like it. And when we were about to land in Chicago, I whipped those headphones off. And I said, guess what? He said, what? I said, he gave it to me. Mm. They gave it to me. He goes, what? I said, I don't know, but it's something called, it's going to be called the Power of We Symposium. And the, oh, next day, the next day, I went downtown to Chicago and met a woman named Chara Stan, who mm -hmm. has a Stan mansion, and went through there and put a deposit down for six months in advance. Mm. You know? And uh, the Power of We Symposium was in, the first one is 2018. We service uh, 250 inner city kids. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, it'll be 285 inner city Ooh. kids leaders. Yeah, total sponsorship. They don't pay a penny. Um, they come and they get loved up on and we celebrate with them. Um, it's at a mansion. They have catered breakfast or catered lunch. Um, they they hear great speakers. They bring great speakers. We have great conversations. And it's a great way to honor young people and give them a place where they are respected and mm. what they say matters. And, um, and lots of relationships are forged there, mentorships, a lot of internships for work and connections in corporate right. America. Mm -hmm. uh, we have great speakers. We have Wally Green this year. He's a right. professional uh, table tennis champion, U.S. table tennis champion mm -hmm. um, from New York City. 
uh, from the projects. And he went from being a gang member to mm. being a top table tennis player in the world. He's there. Some of the people from the show Queens uh, mm. on Hulu. Right. There, uh, one of them is uh, Donovan Vernon. Wonderful, 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 um, classically trained pianist. We've got the Chicago Soul Children's Choir with Dr. Mm. Walt Whitley, um, Grammy-winning choir there. And these kids are, uh, Google them, I'm just telling you. Um, they are like diamonds in the city of Chicago. These kids, they've mm. gone on to American Idol, to The Voice. They, they're they um, one of the little girls, and she was at the first Power Week Charisma She's um, doing great things. She's in the uh, got the lead in the Chicago production of uh, The Lion King right now. And these, oh. Kids, oh yeah, doing great things. So we just love up on them, and the the community comes and great speakers, and it's just a wonderful time. April twenty eighth at the Stan Mansion. If you want more information, yes, um, get to my website and uh, powerweesymposium.com. Find out all about it. Oh, awesome. Thank you. That's going to be so awesome. And that's, and now are the kids, um, is it, uh, foster youth or is it foster youth and any, um, it's all kids, all kind of kids. It's that's all kids. Good for it's you. A, because you know, there are foster kids just because they're, they were, they weren't in the system. Right. Exactly. They still, are, they still lived what we lived. Mm. Some of them, it was worse. Cause you know, there are kids that went out and fetched for themselves mm. that were, you know, that run, runaways and stuff. Yeah. Right. They weren't in the system, but they had to get out of the same kind of things that we were in. So I look at all kids. Good you know, it's just like when you say, oh, they were special needs. They called me special needs because I moved so much. They right. say, oh, special needs. Well, every kid is special. Right. It has needs. So what you're trying to say. Right. <laughs> That's a truth. That's a fact. <laughs> um, so um, tell me about your, your first single from the album, No Fences. Oh. Yeah. Well, no Fences. Um. I wrote when the, see, I got it back there. That, see that right there? Yes, right that, there. Yes. That's the Supreme Court decision for marriage equality. Uh huh. And, you know, I'm gay and I'm married. I love my husband, Dr. Brian. Yes. He's a therapist. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that sure paid off. Paid <laughs> me a lot of money. So <laughs> I always knew it was going to be one of them or a plastic <laughs> surgeon because I was most likely going to need both. But, um, <laughs> I'm but um, my best friend, too. And, you know, it's like I, I it's just like, you know, when we have black history, whatever. And mm -hmm. I think about, you know, uh, Sojourner Truth or Martin Luther King or any number of the people who sacrificed more than just time mm -hmm. and money. They sacrificed blood and they sacrificed family and they sacrificed life mm -hmm. in them in many cases. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I when that happened, you know, my, my, my album is based on Turn It Around our Project is all about journey music. That was uh, the deal that came along to do this album. Um, when I, God knew I needed, I was gonna need a way for him to pour into me, even when I didn't feel worthy of being poured into. And yes. so songs would come out mm -hmm. and they were messages to me or observations of what was happening around me in many cases. And I used them as that surfboard that I rode through that storm mm -hmm. right on out of question and right on in to answer and purpose. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. I wrote it and I'm going to stay on it as right. long as he'll let me. So right. I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying? Nothing is ever about just one thing. No, it's never. Not. not. Count it all joy, just like they tell us to. I mean, it's about purpose. <laughs> I love this bell of purpose. I love the bell. Um, so I, I saw that some of the portion of the proceeds are to benefit the Orlando Victim Fund. Victims. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the um, that's because of the um shooting at the pole yes. club yes. and all that. You know, I just do. I try to do things um that just keep some trickle of hope mm -hmm. into um reminding people to never forget. Mm -hmm. So that was a great way. Every time one of those is sold, you know, some of that goes there just to um and to mainly to remind me. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that when people lose their lives for, a, you know, a mess, you know, when, you know, okay, let's say, remember right this past Christmas, you may have heard about it in Waukesha, Wisconsin, when that guy drove the car down through the, the Christmas parade thing mm. and um, those kids were killed. And stuff. I spoke at that school oh, and as soon yeah. as it happened, I was like, I wonder if those were any of the kids that were in the audience when I was there. And you can't help but just think, and you're like, 
you know, it really brings it home about the work that we each do every day in the world. And that means the smile you give a stranger or the conversation you give a family member or just, you know, that tree you plant or um, that wave you you throw. Whatever it is you do that helps pour a, a feeling of something good into something or someone else um, yeah. is, is enough. And we need more of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to say that. Um, and I still say that, you know, especially I remember as a kid, a young foster kid that, uh, that, um, I remember the adults that gave a, a warm smile or just a, you know, a little hello. They didn't even have to say much. I remembered every last one of them. And I remember the ones that ignored me. I never forgot it. And so, um, I think it's important for us to always, you know, you never know what someone's going through and especially young people. Uh, so I always say, you know, enter with a smile and Try to be kind because you don't know what someone's situation is. You never right. suicide, homicide. You never know what what they're thinking. So, um, kind of, point. kindness is everything. Um, it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want Miss Tanya Cooper. Bravo. Yeah. Yes, it is. Everything. I wanted to um, to play your video of, of your speaking. Uh, would you mind if I played it? No, I don't mind at all. It's awesome. Crazy. Awesome. Yeah, I got it queued up for once. Uh -huh. I think, sweet once, of you. once I think I'm really ready. So, guys, <laughs> if you haven't um, checked it out, I want you to check this out because uh, when I tell you powerful speaking, that's it. Mm. This is it. Okay, uh -huh. so uh, we're gonna check this out, and then we'll be back in a moment. So it's about it's about five minutes, right? Four minutes, four or five. The, minutes? Oh, this is the gold cast. Yes, it's about. Oh, yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, so you don't mind? Okay, no. so here, All right, yeah. we're gonna share the screen. And let's see. Uh oh, what? What does that mean? Oh, something just happened here. Something that was not good. Oh, here it is. Okay, I got it. I got it. I was going to say I've been practicing. <laughs> uh, here we go. Let's see. On July 4th, 1962, I found myself in the lost and found of mankind. Just because something finds its way to the lost and found doesn't mean that it wants to be there. Just because something finds its way to the lost and found doesn't mean that the person who lost it doesn't care for that lost item. And just because something finds its way to the lost and found doesn't mean that someone will ever come to claim it. I am only one child, but in total, there were 22 mothers, 22 individual women who saw something totally different from the other each and every time they looked at me. 22 different faces that I would either squeeze with all my might to remember in times of pain, heartbreak, or misery, or to push away with all my might to forget. Mother number one, well, she fulfilled her initial duty of escorting me into this life, of keeping me safe for three weeks of nurturing me for just as long as she could. Mother number one entrusted me to mother number two. Mother number two, well, she fulfilled her initial duty of caring for me as if I were her own. She raised me for the next 11 years in an environment that was filled with love, security, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. She intended with all her heart to return me one day to mother number one when the time was right. But where love for me grew deeper by the second, well, that right time never came. I believe she would have made better choices had she known that she would unexpectedly depart this world without having made any provisions for my return to mother number one. I believe she would have died all over again from a broken heart had she seen me handed off to mothers three through 22, courtesy of the roulette underworld, otherwise known as the state foster system. During my five years of bouncing throughout the foster system, I became more and more lost. By year five, I was acutely aware that the loss of my family, my home, my name and my entire world as I had known it was nothing compared to what I could lose 
if I did not decide soon and very soon to better deal with my existence within the lost and found. To this day, I truly believe that it was in my seeking to find the good in all 22 of my mothers that enabled me to begin to loosen the harness of self-doubt, shame, and all that hurt that was associated with the abuses I had experienced in life so far. The 21 mothers that were responsible for my care after the departure of mother number one, well, they either taught me what a mother should always represent, or they reminded me of how not all women are capable, capable of the true honor of being called a mother. I shall never forget the moment after 32 years of seeking when an old neighbor called to inform me that yes, she did in fact know the woman who could very well be my birth mother, the original, my very own Eve. The, the, the neighbor went on to tell me that she needed to call the woman first because she needed to ask if it was all right to give me the telephone number. After all, she said, not everyone wants to be found. Well, after 32 years, this was the moment when it dawned on me. It dawned on me that this entire quest, this adventure that had been so persistent, such a persistent part of my life, could very well have all been in vain if mother number one did not wish to be found. But this wouldn't be much of a story if that were true now, would it? Mother number one had kept her memory of me alive and vibrant for all of those 32 years. Mother number one did indeed wish to be found and she opened the door to her past, her home, her heart, and to my original family simply because she told me we were once one person. We shared over 20 wonderful years together before we were separated a second time in this life by her death, which for me came far too soon. In finding mother number one, I found so much of what life is truly all about. I found that family is based on love and not merely on blood. And I found that I was never truly lost. I was merely finding my way. When I found mother number one, I also lost some things. I lost the square root of much of the true sadness that had been in my life. I lost that relentless commentator that resided within me, the one who would broadcast one tragedy after another if I allowed him to do so. But most importantly, I lost the belief that my having 22 mothers was something to be ashamed of. I did not realize it then, but trust me, trust me, I do now. Each of these women played the role they were chosen to play in my life. None of the 22 ever truly had control over whether I belonged or not. That call would always be left up to me to make. It was when I broke out of the walls of self-judgment that I discovered my greatest truth of all that not everyone has to remain lost. Hi, I'm back. It's uh, on the town with Tanya that you're watching. And I'm here uh, speaking, chatting with Lauren Michaels Harris. And uh, if you have never heard that before, I'm sure you are touched because uh, I was when I heard it. Uh, it's very powerful. Uh, and it's very inspiring, is the word I'll say. Uh, so he's going to come back with us in a minute, uh, but I want to... ...to share... Let's see. There we go. I don't know what happened to the Wi-Fi. It's a little windy over here, so forgive us. Uh, one second. Let's see. Let's see. Baby, I'm drunk. Only 
back here uh it's me on the town with tanya and i'm sorry about that we are having wind over here i don't know if anybody else is windy over here and where we're at in westchester but it's a little windy so i don't know what happened there but apologies uh and um, we are chatting with Lovely. who's that singer huh who's that? that's tatiana that's my daughter my younger daughter yeah this <laughs> is great thank you thank you yeah she wrote it herself and she uh, and sings so she's a uh, it's amazing artist. Uh, I try to plug when I can, right? Oh my uh, goodness! Yeah. Oh, I want her on my show. <laughs> oh yeah, anytime. She has a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll 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 link that up. She's talented. She I really is. That talented at twenty five. Hello. Um, mm. so yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I saw that that video. Oh my gosh! Is Ooh, how powerful is that? That's why I played the song after. So I was like, all right, breathe. breathe. Uh, I tried breathe. to eat some caramel real quick before you came back. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You know, it started getting good in there. <laughs> caramel? Caramel? Mm -hmm. you said caramel? Oh, my gosh. Now you're making me run. It was just a, a piece we went uh, walking around. It was a beautiful day today. So mm -hmm. we went walking around our town and uh, went in one of those little shops and got little pieces. So. Uh, that was my one little treat. It's gone. That sounds heavenly. Sounds yeah, heavenly. yeah, love your daughter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank so you for showing the video, by the yeah, way. Thank you. No, I usually pr I try to put other artists in too, not just her. <laughs> Don't just plug just my child. Right, uh, right. But uh, I try to plug uh, new artists when I can find them. It's hard to find. <laughs> Excuse me. Hard, hard to find because everybody wants to do a cover. I'm like, really? Yeah. You know, can we get some original things around here, please? <laughs> you know? So it's nice. Um, but, uh, this vi the video now about um, how did you go about getting that that gig? Like What's how did they, they, they did they find you or you found them? Gold Goldcast. Well, Goldcast, um, they found me. Okay. Because I had already recorded that. Mm -hmm. uh, that was at a high school gym. Wow. For something um, wow. called "Listen to Your Mother," mm. where uh, there were like eleven speakers. Each telling their story of some connection with motherhood. Mm -hmm. And so usually women, mm -hmm. but they were uh auditioning men and men that year. Mm -hmm. So I think <coughs> excuse me. Woo. It's okay. That caramel girl. <laughs> Good. Um I think there were three men mm -hmm. nationally that year. Mm -hmm. It's different towns all over the country stage these. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I did it in Michigan, and um, they give you the recording after like two months, and then uh, I threw it up on my YouTube channel, and uh, Goldcast found it and said they wanted to produce it into that piece, that really? motivational story. Yeah, right. and, uh, yeah, absolutely inspiring, uh, and it just you know I don't know I love stories like that because it lets you know no matter what you're going through, look at me now, like uh, I am doing it. I'm out here. Uh, helping others live their purpose, you know, uh, and that's when you know it's none of it's in vain. When you can, look it isn't. I help other people now. And I'm because of me. Other people are seeing their gifts and their talents. So, yeah. I, I, kudos to you. I, I um, who every time I I hear that's like the, my third time listening to that. By the way, <laughs> oh, thank you. I think I better stop now. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I just I'm glad it's out there for people. Um, and there's so many. I just want to encourage, um, you know, anyone who's right. ever felt invisible, mm. you know, ever felt like um, the world had you and your message on mute, mm. um, to be encouraged mm. and uh, and seek courage, mm. and and just always remember, you know, I always have to ask myself. I have to remind myself when I get frustrated because I still have moments of 
oh, just overwhelming doubt about certain things and my own capabilities or or you doubt, am I able to handle the responsibility of what I'm really doing here? And it's, you know, and I'm grateful to be able to answer, um, no, I don't know. Because that is why I need something greater than myself to believe in. Mm. Wherever I stop, it picks up and continues on my behalf and the behalf of this mission that we are co-authoring. Mm. Where do you find this stuff? I can, you can come up with the best, uh, the best uh, phrases that I've ever well, heard. It's how it feels. Mm. You know, I just speak it the way it feels because it is the way it is. Mm. Um, and we create that. Mm. And our scars, we have to honor our scars. We mm-hmm. must honor our scars. Absolutely. Because our scars are a magic carpet. Um, their first thing is they, they, we can prove to anyone that we understand the miracle of healing. Because if it didn't heal, there would be no scar. Mm. You know, that's why you look at your outer, scar, outer scars. You know, mm. I remember when I cut this finger. I was nine years old and it was on a window trying to sneak in and scare my mom after school one day. Oh my gosh. I was nine years old. I had 13 stitches. I went to Powhatan Hospital and I ran out of the house and it was David and Nikki, a new couple down the street who had a three-month-old baby Mm. who picked me up and threw me in their car and wrapped it. See, I know everything about it. Mm -hmm. You see, because that scar has a story. Right. So just like this scar does, so do the scars on my spirit. Mm. They have a story. And that is why it's there. Um, it rides parallel to always remind us of our story mm. because our fingerprints and DNA will leave one day ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But it is only our stories that will be able to stand behind uh, everything we ever stood for for thousands of years. Mm. Even when we've gone on to whatever is next, your stories will still be here. That's you know. Right. That's um, your- yeah, so our stories are so important, and that's why your scars, that's, those are the page turners in the story. You know what I'm saying? Those are the page turners. Page turners, Right, yes. right. You're that's trying to funny. live an Oscar-worthy life. Let mm. your story be Oscar-worthy, history-worthy. Mm. No, because, you know, you know this, Tanya, you included. All of us are literally writing history right now that people will learn from and heal through. Mm. thousands and thousands of years mm. right now coming we're all underneath this umbrella this pandemic look what we were just gone that's, through we that's are, what i was gonna ask you about next the pandemic has yes, the great equalizer mm. bringing everybody inside of their own personal awakening mm. it's all about ascension it is time to level up everyone and, and use all your gifts. All of them. Understand all your blessings. Go back and reclaim all your birthrights. Mm. And use everything through your ancestors. They saw you. I remember, I'm going to tell you something real quick. Real quick. I'm going to just tell y'all. It was tell it. this year in um, 2021. I was standing out in my driveway. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm standing out in my driveway. Mm-hmm. And the floodlights came on by mm-hmm. these two trees. And. I was like, oh, and suddenly I was not in my driveway. I was, stay with me. I promised you this happened. Mm-hmm. I'm standing there and there's two people right there, a guy and a girl. I can tell they're not a couple, mm-hmm. but they're holding hands like this mm-hmm. and facing each other. Mm-hmm. And they're beside a shack. And I can tell, so it's not a cabin because it's not round. Right. Uh, it's like flat pieces, planks, and mm-hmm. they're not even fitting together. You can see light through them and mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm like, and their clothing, I'm like, and it wasn't even their clothing. It was the texture of their skin. Mm-hmm. The texture that, you know how you see a Caucasian person that's been in the sun a long time? And oh. they, their skin has a texture. Yes. Tanned. Well, this was like that, but I knew they were slaves. Mm. Like that's out from in the fields and working. It had a texture. Mm. Like, wow, look at that texture, right? And then I went back to listen to them. And the girl said to the guy, why would you do this? Why would you risk this again? You ran last time and they caught you. And now you have one foot left. Why would you run again? Aren't you scared? He goes, no. She goes, aren't you scared of what what happened before happening again? Mm. He said, no. She goes, how can you not be? He goes, because 
before I ran from something. Mm. Said, but this time I'm running towards something. Mm. He goes, last time I ran for me. He goes, but this time I'm running for someone else. And she said, who are you running for if you're not running for you? And he goes, and he took his hand and he went, I'm running for him. And mm. when he pointed, she looked and I looked down the finger and I saw myself standing in the driveway. Mm. And I was, it was so real. But I was afraid if I looked that way, they'd be looking, they could see me looking at them. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding you. Right. No, that's I'm... when I got that blessing, that anointing that mm. tells me there are ancestors who that can is... see you and they can throw the blessing over the heads yes. of the generations in between them and you. And it will land directly on you to mm. get this purpose done that mm. our ancestors have been working towards since the beginning, since the garden. Can I tell you something? So, okay, don't think I'm totally nuts, but I cannot, uh, I kid you not, that that story parallels to something that happened to me. Um, and people always say, well, how'd you get through this? And, you know, the abuse and this and that, how'd you get through that? And I said, I don't know, but at some point I had a revelation um, with ancestors. I, don't, I'm not even kidding. And I, I know actually, you're not. I actually, it's weird, but I take on people's spirits. It's weird, not in a bad way. Quit saying weird. But I get in there. That's the I word get, that deceives. It is saying, not sorry. weird. Yeah, it is not the weird, gift of the spirit. I, yeah. But um, but something you know happened. What? No, right. Say, okay, it is not okay. weird. Okay. It's not weird. Okay. It's there okay. you go. I don't play with it, girl. I'm letting you know. Yes. I don't play with it. I, I know. And I see that. I love it. I love it. Um, But I actually still have this song that I still never worked on from, from a moment. Something happened. Was it September 11th? Um, that was one thing, but something happened uh, when I was younger and I, it, I was in, a, I don't know if I was, maybe I was in a history class and it just brought up those ancestral memories. I don't know what happened. I'm not sure, but whatever it was for five minutes, I literally. Okay. Wait a minute. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Well, I'm going to tell you this now in purpose, mm -hmm. then you can't just say, I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. And leave that out there. Okay. Why do you think we're told to seek? Because you will find if it's a something you don't know, but you feel it's inside this purpose, then you need it is your task to find out why. Well, I found out why. That's what I'm getting to. So, OK, I'm saying it wrong, but I'm working with myself. Um, so I just woke up with this hymn on my heart and it was from one of the slaves. They were in the field and she was singing. I ain't got time to waste. I've been here before and I know my fate. I don't, they were like on a chain gang or something. I don't know. And I woke up and this song, that hook has been in my head ever since. And the, the fact that whatever I'm going through, okay, these people laid away from me. I need to make sure I avenge their, their deaths. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I can never give up. Giving up was never an option for me. Well, there you because, go. Because of all that. That's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, so thank they, you. Because they get it to you. They, th they threw it right. Yes. Yes. See, a I lot of people dismiss that stuff. Yes. Yes, they do. Like it means nothing. And that's why I say when you say strange, see, they, the reason things mean nothing to people is because they, they've been groomed to, right. to talk things up to coincidence. Yes. Yes. Thank oh, you. that could have happened to anybody. Whatever. Sure is strange. The weirdest thing happened. You know, <laughs> you know, out of nowhere mm, good as hell you hit them all none of those are true mm. what's good about hell mm. Ooh, girl mm, that macaroni cheese good as hell <laughs> you hit it all right on the head why yeah. are you saying these things because we manifest right. anything you say that you mean comes out and will be active. it's gonna it's manifest yes so you know you can create these things mm. Because the people say, well, but uh, uh and that's why they get we. A lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. So you know, the promise says no weapon formed against you, but it does not say about weapons you form and say no. here, right? Kill me with this. <laughs> here, take it. Right. No, really. Right. No, I insist. Right. And then when you're walking around, you wonder, <laughs> you created it, right? You gave it permission. Mm. So. Mm. But anyway, um, we are strong warriors, foster yeah. kids, all kids that have been to all kids. Yes. All yeah. kids. Absolutely. You know Very. All mm -hmm. kids. Yes. No, That's that is a, about it. 
that is um that is a fact and i believe you know everything that we go through in life anyway is definitely we're only here to experience whether whether that's good or bad or ugly or indifferent we are here to experience and what we do with that that really is the ultimate um mm -hmm. the ultimate factor what what do you, you know doing? what happened to me a few years ago mm -hmm. go ahead i found the reason I, I'm so all kids is why I'm butting me in like that mm -hmm. was because, I mean, the allies, I had an ally when I was a foster kid in the older years and when I was in a group home, mm -hmm. he, I was smart. So I went to the public school because before I went in the system, I was in private school. So I was ahead. So mm -hmm. I didn't have to go like a kid, a lot of kids on site and all mm -hmm. that or go to the special ed classes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was able to go, but I still had that shaming and I, nobody knew my secrets, you mm -hmm. know? Nobody knew my secret that I was in a group home, but my friend Fred saw it through the bushes somewhere because mm -hmm. I'd get off the bus miles from where I was mm -hmm. supposed to and go to walk through nice neighborhoods and cut through and stuff. So people thought I lived on Apple Valley Way. That was right. the street that I picked because I was so, I was deathly afraid of someone finding. But anyway, he was my best friend, the only one who knew. And he lived in a mansion and he took me there. And I mean, we way up, his room was way up at the top of it. And and he's a professor at, mm -hmm. in, in um, Birmingham, Alabama now. Wow. Uh, yeah. And we reconnected. And mm. I told him about what an, it was like we were bro blood brothers. Wow. And now I went right down there the next weekend and we reconnected. And we are just best of friends. I just want to say that, though, Tanya, because, you know, uh, we I don't ever want to forget how, you know, when I had an ally who was not a foster kid, but mm -hmm. he treated me and his family treated me just like, any kid right and right. that was so important that yes. except us look here we are still friends today 40 years later yes that's so, so that you know i just want to put that piece out there because mm. you know yeah man i couldn't have made it sometimes yeah. back then i needed that i needed that kind of you know did you have somebody like that absolutely i have um just last night i call him my god brother and everybody thinks he's my brother because we're that close but uh but his family was always um, like, I can't even, in my whole, t my whole little town here, I live in a small town and yes. I got to give them credit. I got to give them credit. I, no one even knew I had to tell them I was a foster kid later. They really didn't know I was a foster kid because my mom would never tell it unless she absolutely had for some reason. And um, we weren't allowed to be like, oh, that's my foster so-and-so, you know, mm -hmm. so we, we de developed that dialogue later. But Jeanette was the distinguished between the birth family once we found the birth family and the foster family. But when I was growing up, you weren't allowed to be like that. Did you foster. tell people huh? when you were a kid in the system? Did you tell strangers? Did you tell them I'm in foster care? Did you keep it a secret? Only my best friends knew, uh, and, and that was not, I don't have many of those because I was pretty much even though I was popular, I was I call myself still a loner. I was popular. I knew everybody because I played all the sports and I was always center mm -hmm. forward, volleyball, basketball, track team, you know, whatever they had going on. I was in it because I had all them brothers to compete against and foster brothers. Um, but but one thing I remember is my neighbors, I have. Oh, gosh. I, I, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, some of my neighbors, like the Goodalls, uh, the mother was a model. And she, you know, that's probably how I got into modeling, because I remember she was like a supermodel at the time. And she was Whoa. beautiful. Oh, she was so she looked like a Deborah Harry, but thinner and longer. You know, really? if I had to put her in a family tribe, that would be the tribe somewhere in there. But she was just gorgeous. She had this, this her haircut was like, mm, which is where I love the most, this bowl haircut all the time. Uh, just this thing. And she was to drive me around in her little, uh, what was it? Turbo Saab 900. And she was like, you know, maybe she knew I was a foster kid. I don't know. But she would tell, she was saying to me, one day you're going to be a model just like me. And, and the other kids would be jealous because she didn't take them for a ride. Now, wait, now, wait, hold on. You know, you better explain about This is funny that you say. Uh, and it really is funny that you say a uh, turbo sob. Yeah. I was just mentioning day before yesterday. I probably, mm -hmm. I was going to use it on the show tomorrow. Really? I say, Does anybody remember sobs? Because I remember when I was in high school, I was like, "That's when I get a sob, I know yeah. I made it." That's what I wanted. I, I was like, "I'm getting me a sob, a turbo, right?" And then they don't even have them now. Yeah, right. They I, went out of business or something. I think so because I haven't seen none of them ever. Right. Yeah. But that was the car only because, I mean, I didn't, to, 
at that time it was like a Porsche at that time. That and, and I'm a little foster kid, African-American girl from Brooklyn originally. This is when I first had moved up here. So I'm like, Ooh, what is all this cars and bedrooms? And Oh, wow. You know, totally opposite of my birth home. And so she used to take me and looking back, I wish she was alive for me to say something to her and just to give her a hug and say, thank you for loving me when I didn't even know I needed extra love. Hey. My foster mother was great, but you need, you need the community. You know, when you're a foster kid, you need, not, not just a foster kid, but when you're a kid going through things like sexual abuse, mental abuse, abandonment, neglect, when you're going through those things, trauma, even yes. with your family, I got people that was being molested by their own, you know, birth family. So it, that don't matter. It's, it's when you're a kid and you're going through stuff, you need that one person to say, hey, what's up, Lauren? How are you today? What are you doing? And you, even if you just say yeah. nothing, it's it attention. A, just an acknowledgement, yes. no words attached. Yes. You know, the yeah. smallest things. It's just, yeah. we just need to be, you know, it doesn't cost to let somebody know you see them. Thank you. And that and that's what I can say about my little community. I grew up here in Bedford, Bedford Hills area and uh, my community, I got to say, and they didn't even know they were, I don't even know if they know what they were doing either, because while we had a couple of people that were eh, but most people here were stellar um, and didn't um, even know it, didn't even know it. We go, my friend, Eric, um, wherever you are, Eric Goodall, you know, I love you forever. Um, he now lives in Texas. But hey, let me Eric Goodall. Yeah, this this guy. I don't know how he started playing drums and guitar at such a young age, but he could play anything of Kiss, anything like rip, the rip, replicate uh -oh. the whole thing. And so I was, I wanted to be a rock and roll star because of him, right? Because I'm like, I didn't know any better, right? And and he would tell me about, you know, all this. I knew so much about Kiss that more than any child should know, but must have an African American child from Brooklyn would know. But I can tell you anything on them to this day, sing songs the whole night. But he played the he played the drums. How long is Gene Simmons' tongue? Well, ask Diana very long. No. <laughs> ask Diana very long. Yeah, that was what was the you thing when I was hearing about him. He was <laughs> on the, all the posters. His tongue was half yes, the poster. Yes, yes, you know, yes. I was like, dang, real. I remember. I still, oh, I still have one song here. I, my favorite song of theirs, believe okay, it or not. Okay, wait a minute. Beth. Remember they used to say he like had a tongue extension? Had tied, uh, they, remember that? They tried it. This was, they were masterful. With yes. their costuming and remember the that? makeup, the makeup, but oh, but shoot. this guy, this young kid, we were seven years old. Eric Good, Eric Good, wherever you are, I hope you don't mind me saying your name. He put me on to this rock roll um thing that I went into this frenzy, um, which I never would have went because I'm originally from Brooklyn, Best Style, totally opposite. I probably would have never even heard that rock and roll until years later, right? So that's the first person. Um, him and he'd have his friends around and we'd all sit in their house and listen to this music. And then you have the neighbor's parents like, Tanya, what are you doing? I have one of my daughter's godmother. You see, she's from Ecuador. And this is from like, I'm 50, I've been here 50 years. This is from 50 years ago. She would actually be in her house and she'd be speaking to me in Spanish. And I, like, I'm supposed to know. And so eventually I did pick up some because that's why she I guess it. I better learn this because learn I'm, or get left behind. Yeah. Or get left behind. Yeah. So people just yeah. the, the fact that she would sit down with me and we talk about the Bible, little things that people think are, are nothing are so important to somebody who's going through trauma, stress or drama. You know what I'm saying? It's so important to be acknowledged. And I felt yeah. like, I felt like a lot of people here in my town, even when I didn't want to be acknowledged, you know, because when you're abused, you try to <clears throat> do all this and cover it all up, you know. You. Uh, I, people would always, hey, Tanya, what are you doing? You want to come play tennis? Hey, Tanya, what are you doing? You want to do this? You want to? So somebody was always acknowledging that I that I existed, you know, and I really appreciate that. I, 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 I try my best. I'm not perfect, but I try my best to live like that purposely now. Every mm -hmm. time I see a kid, especially the quietest and the shyest one, I say, hey, how are you doing today? You have a great day. I love your so-and-so. You're doing great. You know, it's yeah. just that one thing can really matter. I had one English teacher that, that stayed on me because I was the worst. I hated checking anything and I still probably do. Um, but she was insistent. She said, you have a gift and you're going to learn to do this the right way. And she, you know, she would get on me and I was like, oh, here we go. But I never forgot her. Never forgot. I'm friends with her on Facebook now. Damn. Never forgot her because she she stopped all the kids in the room. And this was a class I was in because because they thought I probably was special needs, but I wasn't. Uh, but she, you know, she would she recognized this 
you have something and and you need to to recognize it you know and yeah. and because she stopped is the only reason why i'm a writer today i write screenplays um you know i'm still trying to sell some but but i write screenplays i love writing i love theater i love all the stuff that she showed me listen you're not you're not dumb because i used to think oh something's wrong with me she said no you're a visual learner so the teacher's That's not a great you, point right she well, you, you, she understood all that yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah. Tanya, i just want to thank you it's been a great hour thank you very and, much yes. uh I, yes. you know thank you for coming on my show and yes. um i love your audience and i love what you do and so we yeah. are forever connected my friend forever absolutely connected. And if everybody wants to reach out to Lauren Michael, here we go. I put up the website again. Yep. Uh, That's right. And don't forget, say hi. Yes. Don't forget uh, April 28th, right? Power of Symposium. Get your tickets. Get over to Eventbrite. Yep. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. That's Yay. right. Thank you. I thank you. And um, guys, it is that time. I can't believe it already. Uh, and we will see you back here again next week. All righty. Thank you. Bye.